Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Back to Matchup podcast presented by the College Football Student Media Poll. Um, I'm Christian Boer, your host from Central Michigan University. My co-host, as always, Jack Gleckler from Ohio. Jack, how are we this week? Not too bad, Christian. How you been? Not bad, man. Not bad. Another week of classes, getting all that out of the way. Um, starting to relearn that balance between being a student and, and being a reporter as well. I uh, wanted to give a quick shout out to our guy, Patrick Feltz, uh, the, the brains of the student media poll operation. Uh, he was in some big news um, this past week. Looked like his university, Indiana, shouted him out, which is awesome. He deserves all the credit here uh, for putting us all together. But without any further ado, Jack, I want to talk about what happened in Athens this past weekend. Um, you were there covering the game and wrote a pretty spirited column afterwards. Just give me your thoughts and, and feel free to talk for as long as you need to about what happened on Saturday. Watching that game Saturday was, in my opinion, it was, it was, well, kind of call it what it is. It was kind of a mess for Ohio. They kind of seemed all over the place. Uh, well, the defense, one of the biggest things that really just kind of stood out to me was the amount of defensive penalties that hampered Ohio's performance and just the lack of stopping power that the defense really had. Duquesne should not have run the field as much as it did, in my opinion. And Ohio just kind of let Duquesne walk into Athens and just run amok. And it shouldn't have been this close of a game as it should have been, in my opinion. I had predicted the Friday before the, the day before the game that Ohio would win somewhere around, I think it was 31 to 10 was my prediction. I figured Ohio would get a good offensive stuff, get a good back into its offensive rhythm and back into offensive rhythm and kind of have an easy win. Instead, it was kind of after the first three, after scoring twice in, I think three plays, Ohio kind of, I don't want to say fell apart, but struggled to hold Duquesne back, I would say, which seemed a bit odd to me because Ohio's defense is kind of, they've been bend but don't break, but it has never been like bend this much, I don't think. Ohio, Duquesne was playing catch up for most of the game and slowly but surely overtook Ohio. Ohio struggled to respond. The offense could not convert on third down six of seven times, which killed them too. Uh, Demontre Tuggle, the running back, obviously had a very good performance. You know, he's been a kickoff, very solid kickoff returner for Ohio these past two seasons, done a great job there, scored both, scored two of Ohio's touchdowns, which was a great job for them too. Bobcats made, broke the 1,000-yard milestone. Cam Odom, their wide, one of their most experienced and probably best wide receivers, just uh, caught a 60-yard bomb. In fact, it was Curtis Rourke's only pass of the first quarter that Cam Odom caught. And running back O'Shawn Allison broke a 1,000 rushing yards that game too. However, it's kind of mired by what is a loss to an FCS school, to a school it really shouldn't have lost to, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And you mentioned all the, the different milestones and this and that, but at the end of the day, where's this program at under Tim Elvin? He's a guy that's been around for a long time. He gets promoted when uh, Frank Solich retires, and now he's the head man. And not a great start to the year. 
Um, I think this is probably a loss that's going to open some eyes within the program, and I wouldn't be surprised if they come out and play pretty well the, this upcoming week. But but where's Elvin and where do you think that's, well, I guess really for, for lack of a better term, what's gone wrong in the first two games? It's it's Tim Alvin in his first two games, you know, he, all the power to him, he remains very optimistic about this program. And there is a lot to be optimistic about. Curtis Rourke is a quarterback with a lot of great potential. And I do believe, you know, they can use him right. He's just a very heavy passer in Ohio, very strong passer in Ohio loves the run game, which kind of works against Curtis work to his detriment. However, you know, they have been able to utilize him right. Pat last season, he was phenomenal as a passer too. And I do believe they'll get back to it. Uh, the only real problem with it, with kind of having to prepare for its upcoming game against Louisiana Lafayette is that, you know, it's such a short turnaround. They only have five days from Saturday to its game on Thursday against Louisiana Lafayette. It's, such a short turnaround that it's kind of hard to really uh, work at those problems so quickly. However, Albin has been, Albin did say in his Monday press conference or has emphasized that they are going to be working as hard as they can to prepare for Louisiana Lafayette because this is going to be their toughest challenge this season so far. Uh, I, after the game, you know, uh, Albin did comment about, you know, problems like, defensive penalties that killed any chance of really stopping Duquesne. Uh, it's just a lot of uh, missteps that he feels can be corrected very easily and get Ohio off the ground and back on track, which I really hope is the case. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, this Ohio team was viewed by a lot of people as um, not just a Mac East contender, but a Mac championship contender as well. And again, like you said, they're going to take on Louisiana Lafayette this Thursday, uh, depending when this comes out, you may have already known the result of that game. Wanted to quickly touch on the Mid-American Conference Players of the Week um, in the MAC East co-defensive players of the week, Bob Arslanian, Akron's junior linebacker and Montre Miller, redshirt junior cornerback out of Kent State. Um, on the MAC West side, the defensive player of the week was Deontay Johnson from Toledo and on the subject of Toledo, just real quick, want to touch on that game. Um, the Rockets did everything they could to beat Notre Dame. Uh, the Fighting Irish come back and win that one late. Um, had the chance to kind of rewatch the ending of that one after Central Michigan's 45-0 victory over Robert Morris wrapped up. Um, and the one thing I will say is, you know, the quarterback Daquan Finn scores a 26-yard rushing touchdown with a minute 35 to go. But he runs it in with, you know, Notre Dame's got no timeouts. And I think if he slides down inside the 10, that game's over and Toledo wins it. Jack, I know you probably didn't get a chance to watch it, but just um, looking at the statistics and the score, uh, what, what jumps out at you about this Toledo team? I think, you know, one of the most big things is, uh, you know, looking at Toledo, you know, you've got Carter Brad, quarterback Carter Bradley, who threw, who was 18 for 28 with 221 yards and passing touchdown. You know, you've got Bryant Kobach who, rushed for a net, you know, 114 yards. Toledo looked probably the best it's looked, looked like Toledo. It was a great foot. It was a great game. It performed well. I think it performed up, up to, and even probably even exceeded, you know, the standards it holds as a program. And I don't know if this very close loss says a lot about Toledo or says a lot about Notre Dame, I think is the big thing. Yeah, no, definitely. They, 
certainly put a charge into him and kind of reminded everybody that the Toledo team that's kind of been down the last couple of years, um, they're back. Toledo's back. Uh, real quick, before we get back to players of the week, just want to run down some scores from the rest of the MAC. Kent State beats Virginia Military Institute 60-10. to Miami, Ohio loses a close one to Minnesota 31-26. Uh, Northern Illinois, shout out our guy James Krause, who came on the podcast last week, did everything they could to come back in that one. Ended up losing to Wyoming 50-43. to uh, Central Michigan, like I mentioned, 145-0. Penn State beats Ball State 44-13. Nebraska beats Buffalo 28-3. I uh, can't write off Scott Frost quite yet. Like you and I kind of delivered his eulogy last week, um, but the Cornhuskers get the win over Buffalo. Temple beats Akron 45-24. South Alabama squeaks one out over Bowling Green 22-19. Western Michigan shuts out Illinois State 28-0. And Eastern Michigan falls to Wisconsin 34-7. Back to the players of the week we go. Uh, Mac East Division Offensive Player of the Week. You're going to like this one, Jack. Matt McDonald, quarterback from Bowling Green, um, came through with the Offensive Player of the Week. He went for 308 yards passing, a career high for him. Uh, Mac West Offensive Player of the Week, Harrison Whaley, the running back from NIU. And then on the special team side, Toledo's punter Bailey Flint wins it on the Mac West side of things. Then on the Mac East, it's freshman kicker from Miami, Ohio, Graham Nicholson. Um, real quick before we move on to our pick six segment, Jack, Matt McDonald, player of the week. Uh, I know I talked so much bad about him, you know, in previous episodes, but all the power to him. He is still a very good quarterback with not a lot of help, you know, playing against uh, South Alabama. You know, it's not he performed very well. Twenty three for thirty two, three hundred eight yards. He's done, he's a good quarterback. Like you cannot hold that against him. And oh, BG lost, but it was a very close loss. So I mean, they are making progress, and McDonald is a very solid quarterback for them. So I really can't I can't talk trash about the man. He's a good quarterback. It's just you know I feel like he doesn't have help, which well, kind of hinders BG. The weapons are are the area of concern with him. Um, and again, I mean, if you look at his stat line last year, it wasn't great. Also. Mm-hmm. But, but it looks like he's kind of turned the page on that and still can be very solid. Let's move into the pick six. Um, last week, I mean, a decent week for both of us. Uh, you know, now that I double-checked that, not really. <laughs> I was I got two uh, picks right, Jack. You had three, I believe. Yes, Central Michigan, Penn State, South Alabama. Um, so I believe we're even now uh, through two weeks. I have to double-check my math on that one. But uh, this is week three. And we're going to start on your side, Thursday night in action, Ohio versus Louisiana Lafayette. All right. So kind of initially looking at this and from what I've seen from Louisiana, you know, they had that loss to Texas and they had that very, very close win against Nichols last week. Nichols, which is another FCS team, you know, you can kind of, there's an almost parallel to Ohio there where they both played FCS teams and kind of the score was, you know, upper 20, you know, it was uh, Louisiana scored 27, Ohio scored 26, uh, Duquesne scored 28, Nichols scored 24. Kind of very close games between two G5 schools and uh, two G5 schools and uh, FCS schools. However, Louisiana still won, and Louisiana is a very 
very good program with a very, very strong quarterback and a very strong identity of what it is right now and not going through a coaching change right now like Ohio is. Uh, you know, I just, I feel very, like if Ohio can pull out the upset, uh, color me surprised. However, I will have to go with Louisiana winning this game this week. Yeah, I'm there with you. I've got the Raging Cajuns. I just think that Ohio's in a little bit of a tough spot. And for them to go on the road and win against a quality opponent like like Louisiana Lafayette, who's kind of in that upper echelon in the group of five, I just think it's going to be tough, especially on a short turnaround. So I've got the Raging Cajuns as well. Uh, Central Michigan, my school, headed to Louisiana State to take on the Tigers, uh, LSU. Um, I'm going to keep this short and sweet, and I think LSU wins this game. Uh, Central Michigan... I wouldn't be surprised if they put up a pretty good fight. I mean, they did so against Missouri and this is an LSU team that isn't what it was two years ago when, you know, you're cranking out every starter is headed to the NFL. I do think that this team has plenty of NFL talent on it. You know, Derek Stingley pops out uh, the, their defensive back and he's going to neutralize whichever or whichever CMU receiver uh, they decide they want him on. My guess is it's probably Ja'Cory Sullivan. Um, they've got a lot of athletes, but, I mean, I could see Central Michigan keeping this within two touchdowns. Uh, but out of the last spread I saw was CMU plus 20. And if I was a gambling man, I'd, I would advise to take that, but I'm not that. So don't listen to me with gambling advice. But yeah, I'm going to take LSU. Jack, what are your thoughts? You know, honestly, I kind of, uh, I kind of agree with you. I do think Central Michigan can keep it close. You know, they have a lot of talent, but also it's, it is a struggling LSU, but I do, it is also LSU. So I do believe, you know, keep it short and sweet. I do think LSU takes this one. Central Michigan might be able to keep it close, but again, I do think LSU takes this one pretty easily. Yeah. There's just a difference in athletes. I mean, those big guys on the interior, those defensive linemen of LSU are, are solid and they're really good athletes. Um, and that might be causing problems. Although Central Michigan's offensive line is pretty solid as well. Um, moving on, Kent State versus Iowa. Iowa made noise. Um, with its performance in the last two weeks, uh, a couple of big wins over Indiana and Iowa State. Uh, Jack, what are your thoughts on that game? Uh, you know, it's going to be a very hot take, but I haven't, you know, Iowa has, you know, they've beaten Indiana and they've beaten Iowa State. However, Iowa State hasn't really impressed me much this season. It's a very hot take, but I just don't, I do not see what makes them a top 25 team team in week two I did not see I didn't see it uh Indiana you know they've dropped out of the rankings now I didn't you know they weren't that it, Iowa has wins over teams that haven't really impressed so far this season so and Kent State you know while losing to Texas A&M in week one and then stomping VMI in week two 60 to 10 I think you know I'm gonna go with a hot take here I think Kent State might be able to win this one, I think, you know? I, okay. Yeah, that's my hot take. I, that's my hot take for the week. I think Kent State gets this one. You know, I, I, I'd i love to agree with you, but um, I just – I've made so many hot takes about MAC teams beating teams from the Big Ten, and I've been proven wrong every single time. So I'm going to play it safe this time around and pick Iowa. Um, another good one, this one between two pretty solid group of five programs, Toledo versus Colorado State. Uh, I'll take this one first. I've got the Rockets. I think riding that high off of competing with Notre Dame, I think that they take this one and they take it easy. What are your thoughts? I kind of, 
you know, I'm going to have to agree with you on this one. You know, Toledo's got, they are going to be riding high after that, taking Notre Dame down to the wire. I don't, I don't think Colorado State's going to be able to, you know, really respond to the amount of cojones that Toledo has right now. Like they take a ranked team, Notre Dame of all teams down to the wire and just kind of, they almost had the win. They almost, they had the win in their hands. And I don't think Colorado State's really going to be able to, you know, go against that. I think Toledo really has this one. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, another good one here, uh, Buffalo taking on Coastal Carolina. Uh, the Bulls will host the Chanticleers. I think that's how you say it. Um, at noon on Saturday. And, you know, I want – it's hard to say. I think – New Buffalo head coach Mo Linguist is going to have his team up for this one. At the end of the day, I do think Coastal Carolina is just a little bit too good. Uh, but this is my upset watch for the week, uh, Buffalo versus Coastal Carolina. I just think that the Bulls can keep it tight. And uh, I think this could end up being a coin flip game. And uh, But right now I'd have to go with Coastal Carolina. What are your thoughts? As of right now, I'm going to have to be inclined to agree with you for Coastal Carolina taking this one. Buffalo did not – Buffalo did not perform against Nebraska. That stomping of Wagner, as good as it, as big as that stomping was, was not enough to carry over into the next week. Nebraska, they performed again, underperformed against Nebraska. You know, I just, I don't see them being able to stand up to Coastal next week if they couldn't take on Nebraska. Yeah, no, for sure. And then our last one here in the pick six segment, Akron versus Bryant. Kind of an interesting one. The Zips, uh, having a little bit of a tough time out of the gate. Uh, you know, the loss to Temple, although they were competitive in that one, they kept it close. And then the big loss to Auburn, obviously, who's who's a top 25 team, in my opinion. Uh, but Jack, your thoughts real quick. Akron hosting an FCS opponent, Bryant. Um, what do you think is going to go down in that one? See, Bryant is another Northeastern, Northeast Conference team like Duquesne. So I feel this might be a very... I don't want to say it's like Ohio versus Duquesne, but it's just another MAC team versus another Northeastern Conference FCS team. Uh, Bryant is very much, I'd say, a middle of the pack F FCS team in the Northeast Conference. You know, they finished two and two last season in a shortened four-game season. You know, they got they lost forty-five to twenty-one against Bryant against Rhode Island in Week One. You know, they beat Sacred Heart by eleven last season. So honestly. I want to say Bryant might be able to, you know, if Duquesne could beat Ohio, maybe Bryant has a chance of beating Akron. However, I do think Akron might be able to, might be able to secure this one. I think, you know, they struggling for what they may be. They played Auburn in week one and Temple, you know, I can, I can give them that loss. So I think Akron is going to take this one over Bryant. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think Akron wins this game. I think it's close, um, you know, knowing what little I know about Bryant. Um, they look like they play kind of a ground and pound style of football, and I think that contrasts very interestingly against Akron's kind of spread it up, speed you up uh, type thing. But I'm going to go with the Zips. Um, Jack, any last thoughts on on this week of MAC football? And remind the listeners, remind the listeners where they can find you. Yeah. Uh. Any last thoughts? I think we covered it all, but if anyone's curious, my Twitter is at the Jack Gleckler, T-H-E-J-A-C-K-G-L-E-C-K. 
L-E-R. And then my work can be found at thepostathens.com. And you can search all of my, find all of my recent football articles under the football tab in the sports section or by searching my name in the search bar. Well, there you go. There you have it. Um, uh, once again, I'm Christian Boer. Uh, I write for CM Life. You can find us at cm-life.com. You can find me on Twitter at cboer underscore. But other than that, um, the only thing we have left to say is thank you to you, the listeners, uh, for going through this ride with us um, on the Back to Action podcast. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, on Saturday, or in this case on Thursday, don't forget to get some action. Thanks so much for listening.